Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, September 18th. In Revelation 1.8, Yeshua says of himself, I am the Alpha and Omega, the Aleph and Tav, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Did you know that if you read Genesis 1.1 in Hebrew, there is an Aleph Tav right smack dab in the middle of that verse. Truly Yeshua, the Aleph Tav, is there in the beginning and the end. So, if you were reading your Bible in Hebrew, Whenever you come across Olive Tov, this is a direct reference to Yeshua. The acronym for Daily Audio Torah is D-A-T. In Hebrew, that is Dalit Olive Tov. When you unpack that in the ancient Hebrew picture language, what it means is this, Doorway to the Olive Tov. The Daily Audio Torah is your doorway to the Olive Tov, your doorway to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give, pick on the Navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Netzavim, and it means, You are standing. Deuteronomy 29, 9-20 You stand this day, all of you, before Hashem your God, your tribal heads, your elders, and your officials, all the men of Israel, your children, your wives, even the stranger within your camp, from woodchopper to water drawer, to enter into the covenant of Hashem your God, which Hashem your God is concluding with you this day with its sanctions. To the end that He may establish you this day as His people and be your God, as He promised you, and as he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I make this covenant with its sanctions, not with you alone, but with those who are standing here with us this day before Hashem our God, and with those who are not with us here this day. Well, you know that we dwelt in the land of Egypt, and that we passed through the midst of various other nations through which you passed. And you have seen the detestable things and the fetishes of wood and stone, silver and gold, that they keep, 
perchance there is among you some man or woman, or some clan or tribe, whose heart is even now turning away from Hashem our God to go and worship the gods of those nations. Perchance there is among you a stalk sprouting poison weed and wormwood. When such a one hears the words of these sanctions, he may fancy himself immune, thinking, I shall be safe, though I follow my own willful heart, to the utter ruin of moist and dry alike. Hashem will never forgive him, rather will Hashem's anger and passion rage against that man, till every sanction recorded in this book comes down upon him, and Hashem blots out his name from under heaven. Hashem will single them out from all the tribes of Israel for misfortune. In accordance with all the sanctions of the covenant recorded in this book of teaching. Isaiah 28.14-30.11 Hear now the word of Hashem, you men of mockery, who govern that people in Jerusalem. For you have said, We have made a covenant with death, concluded a pact with Sheol. When the sweeping flood passes through, It shall not reach us, for we have made falsehood our refuge, taken shelter in treachery. Assuredly, thus says Hashem, Behold, I will found in Zion stone by stone a tower of precious cornerstones, exceedingly firm. He who trusts need not fear. But I will apply judgment as a measuring line, and retribution as weights. Hail shall sweep away the refuge of falsehood, and floodwaters engulf your shelter. Your covenant with death shall be annulled. Your pact with Sheol shall not endure. When the sweeping flood passes through, you shall be its victims. It shall catch you every time it passes through. It shall pass through every morning, every day, and every night. And it shall be sheer horror to grasp the message. The couch is too short for stretching out, and the cover too narrow for curling up. For Hashem will arise as on the hill of Perizim. He will rouse himself as in the vale of Givon to do his work. Strange is his work. And to perform his task, astounding is his task. Therefore refrain from mockery, lest your bonds be tightened. For I have heard a decree of destruction from my Lord God of hosts against all the land. Give diligent ear to my words, attend carefully to what I say. Does he who plows to sow plow all the time, breaking up and furrowing his land? When he has smoothed its surface, does he not rather broadcast black cumin and scatter cumin, or set wheat in a row, barley in a strip, an emmer in a patch, where he teaches him the right manner, his Hashem instructs him. So too black cumin is not threshed with a threshing board, nor is the wheel of a threshing sledge rolled over cumin, but black cumin is beaten out with a stick, and cumin with a rod. It is cereal that is crushed, for even if he threshes it thoroughly, and the wheel of his sledge and his horses overwhelm it, he does not crush it. 
That too is ordered by the Lord of hosts. His counsel is unfathomable, his wisdom marvelous. Ah, Ariel, Ariel, city where David camped, add year to year, let festivals come in their cycles. And I will harass Ariel, and there shall be sorrow and sighing. She shall be to me like Ariel. And I will camp against you round about. I will lay siege to you with a mound, and I will set up siege works against you. And you shall speak from lower than the ground. Your speech shall be humbler than the sod. Your speech shall sound like a ghost's from the ground. Your voice shall chirp from the sod. And like fine dust shall be the multitude of your strangers, and like flying chaff the multitude of tyrants. And suddenly, in an instant, she shall be remembered of the Lord of hosts with roaring and shaking and deafening noise, storm and tempest, and blaze of consuming fire. Then, like a dream, a vision of the night shall be the multitude of nations that war upon Ariel and all her besiegers and the siege works against her and those who harass her. Like one who is hungry and dreams he is eating, but wakes to find himself empty, and like one who is thirsty and dreams he is drinking, but wakes to find himself faint and utterly parched, so shall be all the multitude of nations that war upon Mount Zion. Act stupid and be stupefied, Act blind, and be blinded. They are drunk, but not from wine. They stagger, but not from liquor. For Hashem has spread over you a spirit of deep sleep, and has shut your eyes, the Nevi'im, and covered your heads, the seers, so that all prophecy has been to you like the words of a sealed document. If it is handed to one who can read, and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't, because it is sealed. And if the document is handed to one who cannot read, and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't read. My Lord said, Because that people has approached me with its mouth, and honored me with its lips, but has kept its heart far from me, and its worship of me has been a commandment of men learned by rote. Truly, I shall further baffle that people with bafflement upon bafflement. And the wisdom of its wise shall fail, and the prudence of its prudent shall vanish. Ha! Those who would hide their plans deep from Hashem, who do their work in dark places and say, Who sees us and who takes note of us? How perverse of you! Should the potter be accounted as the clay? Should what is made say of its maker, He did not make me? And what is formed, say of him who formed it, he did not understand. Surely in a little while, Lebanon will be transformed into farmland, and farmland accounted as mere brush. In that day the deaf shall hear even written words, and the eyes of the blind shall see even in darkness and obscurity. Then the humble shall have increasing joy through Hashem, and the neediest of men shall exult in the Holy One of Israel. For the tyrant shall be no more, the scoffer shall cease to be, and those diligent for evil shall be wiped out, who cause men to lose their lawsuits, laying a snare for the arbiter at the gate, and wronging by falsehood 
him who was in the right. Assuredly, thus said Hashem to the house of Jacob, who redeemed Abraham, No more shall Jacob be shamed, no longer his face grow pale. For when he, that is his children, behold what my hands have wrought in his midst, they will hallow my name. Men will hallow the Holy One of Jacob and stand in awe of the God of Israel. And the confused shall acquire insight, and grumblers accept instruction. O disloyal sons, declares Hashem, making plans against my wishes, weaving schemes against my will, thereby piling guilt upon guilt, who set out to go down to Egypt without asking me, to seek refuge with Pharaoh, to seek shelter under the protection of Egypt. The refuge with Pharaoh shall result in your shame, the shelter under Egypt's protection in your chagrin. Though his officers are present in Zoan, and his past messengers reach as far as Hanes, they all shall come to shame because of a people that does not avail them, that is of no help or avail, but brings only chagrin and disgrace. The beasts of the Negev pronouncement through a land of distress and hardship, of lion and roaring king beast, of viper and flying seraph, They convey their wealth on the backs of donkeys, their treasures on camels' humps, to a people of no avail. For the help of Egypt shall be vain and empty. Truly I call this, they are a threat that has ceased. Now, go, write it down on a tablet and inscribe it in a record, that it may be with them for future days, a witness forever. For it is a rebellious people, faithless children, children who refused to heed the instruction of Hashem, who said to the seers, Do not see, to the Nevi'im, Do not prophesy truth to us, speak to us falsehoods, prophesy delusions. Leave the way, get off the path, let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. Galatians 3.23-4.31 But before faith came, we Jews were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For you are all the children of God by faith, in Yeshua HaMashiach. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Yeshua. And if you be Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, 
made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore you are no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when you knew not God, you did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. But now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and times and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as you are. You have not injured me at all. You know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel to you at the first. And my temptation which was in my flesh you despised not nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Yeshua. Where is then the blessedness you spoke of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you, that you might affect them. But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Yeshua be formed in you, I desire to be present with you now, and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which genders to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answers to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, you barren that bear not. Break forth and cry, you that travail not. For the desolate has many more children than she which has a husband. Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what says the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Psalm 62, 1-12 
Truly my soul waits upon God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? You shall be slain, all of you, as a bowing wall shall be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies, they bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Selah. My soul, wait only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a lie. To be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity. Trust not in oppression, and become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. Also unto you, O Lord, belongs mercy. For you render to every man according to his work. Proverbs 23 19 to 21 Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Isaiah chapters 28 through 30, and then we're going to jump into Galatians chapters 3 and 4. And in Isaiah chapter 28, let's look at verse 16. Assuredly, thus said Hashem, Behold, I will found in Zion stone by stone a tower of precious cornerstones, exceedingly firm. He who trusts need not fear. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The Hebrew word for stone is evan. What is interesting about this word is that it contains within it the Hebrew words for father, ev, and son, ben. Once again, the Hebrew root of a simple word teaches a profound lesson. By alluding to the fact that the bond between a father and his son is as strong as a rock and as precious as a fine stone. What I will add to that is that this is an allusion a remez hint of God the Father and God the Son, Yeshua, embedded in that word stone. And the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, that is, Yeshua. So again, this verse in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16, I will found in Zion stone by stone a tower of precious cornerstones exceedingly firm. So that stone, that cornerstone, is the Father, God the Father, and God the Son, and they are one. Now let's continue. And in chapter 29, we have a Yeshua sighting. 
In other words, a remez hint that shows us a glimpse of Yeshua here in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 6. She shall be remembered of the Lord of hosts, that is Yahweh Savayot, with roaring and shaking and deafening noise, storm and tempest and blaze of consuming fire. This is pointing us to the Lion of Judah, and the Lion of Judah will rise up and roar over Jerusalem when the enemies of Israel try to come and attack and destroy Jerusalem. And now let's look at chapter 29, verse 13. My Lord said, Because that people has approached me with its mouth and honored me with its lips, but has kept its heart far from me, and its worship of me has been a commandment of men learned by rote. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. For what sin did God punish Judah? Compared to Shomron, or Samaria, the northern kingdom, with all of its idolatries and immoralities, Judah seemed positively pious. In fact, they had purified their country under Hezekiah, and Isaiah answers with one sentence. Though the people prayed and performed the ritual commandments, their service was not genuine, but only lip service. Some commentators understood this as hypocrisy, However, others interpret Isaiah's description in a more literal sense, unfeeling, robotic observance that has no value. Hashem wants both our consistent external actions with correspondingly internal feelings united in His service. Now let's jump into Galatians chapter 3 and 4. And this is a very important book for us to study and reflect on and apply to our lives. Because what we're looking at is how to walk before the Lord. And Paul is teaching us about the law versus faith in Christ. And so in chapter 3, verse 24 and 25, he makes um, an illustration, an example, to help us understand the role of the law or the Torah. He says, Wherefore the law or the Torah was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Four, three, two, one. So let's just unpack that and think about that for a moment. When you're a young child and you go to school, your teacher teaches you how to read, how to write, and some math. And there comes a day when you've mastered reading. And you know your letters, and you know your words, you know your sentences, you're able to read. A page in a book. So you no longer need that teacher from second or third or fourth grade anymore to teach you how to read because you've mastered that lesson. You know how to read. 
you wouldn't think of going back to second or third grade as a grown adult to learn how to read. You know how to read already. So similarly, the schoolmaster, the law, the Torah, was our tutor to lead us into Christ. That we could not keep the law, the Torah, on our own. We could try to in our flesh, but we would always fall and fail miserably. We all fall short. All have sinned. And so when we come to Christ and we come to know him and ask him into our heart, then he takes the penalty of sin upon himself. He now dwells within us. And as we walk in the spirit, not the flesh, then it is Yeshua who lives within us who is helping us moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day, to live out this walk of faith. So we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Paul goes on to illustrate this with an allegory. And he talks about Hagar and Sarah. And so, in coming into Christ, we are Abraham's seed and we are heirs according to the promise. Now, remember the story of Sarah. Sarah was barren. She didn't have any children. There was not going to be any anyone to inherit the promises of God that had, God had given to Abraham. And so, she's well past her childbearing years. Biologically, it is impossible for her to have a child now. She's beyond menopause. And yet God promises to Abraham and Sarah, in one more year, you're going to have a son. And his name is Isaac, and Isaac means laughter. And so he's going to be the miracle baby, the impossible baby that God brought about. So in verse 4 of Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 but when the fullness of the time was come God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law remember the law is like a tutor or a governor to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons so Paul is using this term this phrase under the law and he's he's comparing contrasting that to uh, being a servant under the law versus being a son or a daughter um in in being in the spirit verse 7 therefore you are no more a servant but a son and if a son then an heir of god through christ Jumping down into chapter 4 of Galatians, verse 21. Tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, Hagar, and the other by a free woman, his wife, Sarah. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Now remember, when... Abraham and Sarah didn't have a child, and they doubted God's promise to them. Then Sarah took matters into her own hands and had Hagar, her servant, lie with 
Abraham, and then she bore a son, and they named him Ishmael. And that's the child of the flesh. That's when you get tired of waiting upon the Lord and waiting for him to do the miracle, and you take matters in your own hands, and you operate in the flesh instead of in the spirit, instead of in faith, and then you end up with an Ishmael. And so he's now going on in this allegory to say that for there are two covenants, verse 24, the one from Mount Sinai, which genders to bondage, which is Hagar. Now, what's significant about Mount Sinai? That's where the Torah, the Ten Commandments, was given, was at Mount Sinai. But when Moses came down from the mountain, the people had built a golden calf. Why? Because they had hearts of stone. They did not have hearts of flesh. They could not receive the Torah. They had hearts of stone. They had fear and doubt and unbelief. And so they built a golden calf. And so that's born after the flesh. But then he goes on to say in verse 26, But Jerusalem, which is above us all, is free and is the mother of us all. And rejoice, barren woman that bear not, break forth and cry, you that travail not, for the desolate has many more children than she which has a husband. That comes from Isaiah chapter 54. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. So we are the children of Abraham and the children of Isaac. And Isaac was the child of promise. He's the miracle child. Isaac means laughter. And so the question is, do we stand at Mount Sinai, where we operate in the flesh, and try to follow the Torah of our own accord, our own free will, our own flesh, where we will fall and fail miserably? Or do we stand at Mount Zion? Do we stand at Jerusalem? where we walk in the Spirit, where we are truly allowing Yeshua, who dwells within us, to lead us and guide us as we follow His ways, walk in His ways. So, where do you stand today? Do you stand at Mount Zion, at Jerusalem, or do you stand at Mount Sinai? We begin in faith, in our walk, and we continue in faith. We begin in being born again, and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. Yeshua comes to dwell within us. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And we are to continue in Christ. It is He who enables and empowers us to walk in His ways and to keep His commands. We are to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Observing the Torah, following the Torah, in and of itself does not save us. It does not make us righteous. It does not give us entrance into heaven. We must be born again. We must be filled with this Holy Spirit. We must make Christ our King, our ruler. He is the source of light and truth and love. So where do you stand today? Do you stand at Mount Sinai? Or do you stand at Mount Zion? At Jerusalem? 
four, three, two, one. I want to say a little bit more about this picture of a birth that's being painted for us here in Galatians and cross-reference it with some other passages because I want to expand upon it. Let's look again at chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. But Jerusalem, which is above us, is free and is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, you barren that bear not, break forth and cry, you that travail not. For the desolate has many more children than she which has a husband. Now this comes from Isaiah chapter 54. Let's just look at that. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth in singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Verse 3. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. This is a picture of salvation going across the nations of all of the people who are born again and born again and born again and and all these descendants of, of Abraham who are children of the promise. Okay, and there's another place where this picture is also painted of a woman giving birth. And again, it's this picture of being born again, but not just an individual salvation birth, but the birth of a nation and the birth of that nation. That nation is going to be called Zion. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 66. Verses 8 and 9. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion, that's the name of the nation, as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Verse 9, shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord? Shall I, who caused delivery, shut up the womb, says your God? Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you who love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all you who mourn for her. So again, this passage has been partially fulfilled in May of 1948 when the modern-day nation of Israel was reborn out of the ashes of the Holocaust. Okay, The nation was born in one day, and immediately the very next day they were at war with her Arab neighbors who were hostile to her and attacked her. Okay, But it has not been completed in all of its fullness because... Israel today is a refuge and a sanctuary for the Jewish people, for the Jewish part of the nation of Israel. But there are still many who live in the diaspora, who are scattered to all the nations of the earth, who are part of Israel, who are grafted in by faith into the promises of Abraham that God gave to Abraham, who are not Jewish. And we are still scattered to the nations of the earth. There's one more place where this picture of birth is painted for us. And again, it's not just a spiritual birth of an individual of salvation, but it's the birth 
of a nation. Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. I would submit to you that this woman is Jerusalem. It's been interpreted for us right out of Galatians, where Galatians says that Jerusalem which is above us is free and is the mother of us all. So Jerusalem, or Zion, is this woman, and she goes into a wilderness place. She gives birth to her first child, which is Yeshua. And then many, many, many more children come after that. Um, and then she's persecuted, and um, Hasatan tries to take her out. You'd have to look at the whole chapter to see all the details there. But again, it's this picture of a woman who's pregnant and who's going to give birth. And again, this is future prophetic. A nation is going to be born in the end times. And that nation is going to be called Zion. Israel today is very secular and is very much under the thumb of the deep state globalists. They are taking on AI, artificial intelligence, surveillance uh, in their airport, in, in how they run their country. And, you know, they embraced the whole vaccine initiative, and it really wasn't a vaccine. It was an experimental use drug therapy to change your DNA. So that secular nation is going to fall eventually, and Zion will replace, will take its place. And the Bible talks about, it prophesies about this nation called Zion. So, coming back one more time now to Galatians chapter 3, it's this picture of two women who give birth. Hagar, who gives birth to Ishmael, the child of flesh, where Sarah took things in her own hands and had her handmaiden lay with Abraham to make this promise come to pass. And then Sarah, who had this miraculous baby, and we are the descendants of Isaac. We are the children of promise. We are of the lineage of Isaac, the miracle baby, the child of promise. We had nothing to do with it. It was all about God. He did it all. He did everything. He is the one who orchestrated, who initiated, who executed, who implemented, who freely gave us our salvation, our righteousness in Christ. So, we want to stay connected to Yeshua. He is our head. He is our leader. He is our life. He is our king. He is our husband-to-be. He is our all-in-all. He is our provider. He is our healer. He is everything. He is supreme. He is the most high. May we keep our eyes and our hearts and our focus on Christ, and on Christ alone. Have a blessed day.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.